So we, we're going to continue with our worship as we listen to God's word now. Um, as I said earlier on, we are um, reading together the scriptures. And so far, we've been reading from Genesis, and then we moved on to John. Now we're in Exodus, and we're going to go to start reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, this week's reading has been um, about Exodus chapter 25 to I think it's 36, 30, it is 36, yeah. 38, 38, yeah. Um, so, um, and all these chapters are filled with details of building this tent so people could meet with God. But also they're filled with details of the craftsmanship and the people that were working in order to make this tabernacle happen. And we know that the purpose why we've got Exodus and the purpose why Moses and Aaron went to see Pharaoh was so they, so Pharaoh could set, let the, Egypt, uh, let the Egyptians allow Israelites to go to be free so they can go and worship the Lord. So this morning's sermon I've I've kind of themed set free to worship, to intercede and to invite others to know God's love and holiness. If we're going to look at chapter 29 of Exodus, I'm going to be reading a few things. It's it's the setting apart of the priests and the high priests here, which is Aaron. And, think, and I want to draw some parallels about what it means for us as priesthood of all believers. Before we go to chapter 29, I just wanted to say that um, as you've listened to the videos, um, I think it was Pete um, Turnell's input here that actually the tabernacle was a reminder and and of the presence of Lord and his people. And this tabernacle, this tent that the people of God were asked to build, was the source of the presence of blessing, of fertility and security. But also the tabernacle was also the place of this ongoing revelation of who God is, his greatness, his holiness, his protection. And it's interesting how this tabernacle is there as a, as a reminder. And this shows how easy it is for God's people to forget. We are forgetful people. I mean, we've read earlier on, Moses had gone to the mountain to, to, to communicate with God, and he comes back and they've built a calf. Short attention span. But that's why this reminder was that God's presence, not only being there as a tabernacle, but God's presence was with his people. And how much do we see that the people of Israel needed that? And what a great help for us today to remember 
that actually we need to have reminder of God's presence being with us. The part of this kind of what we said, and uh, Peter has defined it very well and on these videos, about this idea of cult. And it's not the perception that we have today, but it's, it's that whole package of, of being you know, part of the sacrificial and all the system and, and everything that had to do with coming to terms with the presence of God. It's interesting how the sacrificial system, it was costly. It cost people something. They had to come with whatever they were required to come, depending where they stood. But it was a costly, was a costly thing. And it's really the first thing that I wanted to say is that preparing to come to God's presence is a serious business. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how much time you and I give to preparing ourselves to be in the presence of God. When we come together, when we pray in our home groups, when we worship together, when we are with other people, that awareness of God's presence. It's, 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 when we talk about God's glory, it's the, the word, it's weight, it's, 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 it's heavy. Let me read to you a few verses from Exodus chapter 29. And this is the time where Moses is having instructions of how to set apart priests. Verse 29, chapter 29, we're going to read the first eight or nine verses. You can read the whole chapter if you want it. Um, but I think we, I'm assuming that we have read it. So God is saying to Moses, now this is what you shall do to the priests to concentrate them, consecrate them, so they may serve me as priests. Take one bull of the herd, two rams without blemish. So it's a three-part sacrifice. Unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers smeared with oil. You shall make them of a fine wheat flour. And then it carries on. And then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of the meeting and wash them with water. Take the garments, put them on, and then dress them with that robe of ephod. And then after that, anoint them with oil and pour it over the heads. You shall bring his sons and put coats on them, and you shall gird Aaron and his sons with sashes and bind caps on them. And the priesthood shall be theirs by a statue, statute forever. Like this you shall ordain Aaron and his sons, and then bring the bull. So it's, it's very serious meeting with God. And his presence, but also it's amazing how God sets apart people, his people, to serve him. I want to stop a little bit at these four things that 
they were going to do with the priesthood and then bring them for what, what it means, you know, to us. So uh, the, first, the first sacrifice was a sin offering. They needed to be um, cleansed before God. Um, the, 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 the second part of the sacrifice was a whole burnt offering, which basically declared total dedication to God. And then the third one, the third ram, or the second ram, but the third part of the, the sacrifice was that they offered uh, themselves for God's service. So this whole thing was that will set the priests apart to serve God. It showed that the tabernacle, the tent of the presence, was given to God. And actually, it was an amazing picture. But they had to go through these rituals as a reminder of where they stood with God. They were washed with water. They were robed in righteousness. They were anointed with oil. They were sprinkled with the sacrificial blood. They were purified, sanctified, anointed, justified. So they were ready to serve God. And I am glad that we are not parts of that sacrificial system. Because it has developed because all of this was to point us to our Lord, to our Lord, to our all saving Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's pointing, it's bringing us that. Because as we see in the New Testament, Scripture identifies Jesus as our high priests, as our high priest. Hebrews 4 says, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. So, Old Testament unfolds God's plan of redemption. The prophet reveals that the Messiah is the ultimate sacrifice. So, we no longer need to look at the blood and the sacrificial system. We look at Jesus. And it's interesting how Jesus also went through those things that the priests went. In his baptism, Scripture says God anointed Jesus with his Holy Spirit to have this ministry of a priest, of a king, of a prophet. Luke, Matthew, Mark, they all say this. And the beauty of God's economy in this is that not only it's that it points out to Jesus, but through Christ's priestly office, all the believers who've put their trust in him, are united with him, share in the same things. So the priestly office is no longer a human being who is vicarious between the people and God. The priestly office is in Jesus and it's given. It's given to us. 
the priestly office is that that faith that we come to know, to, to, to accept, to trust him. First Peter, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous lights. Peter says that the, the identity of the church is this royal priesthood that is in union with Christ. They have to come to the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen and being precious in the sight of God. And as such, they've become the living stones. Why? To be holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. The second one is another text that is later on in the book of Revelation. And it talks about God's people singing a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So, what is the implication of Christ being our high priest? Is that God, through him, has made the kingdom of priests. This is, this is the beauty. This is what, what we have been saved. We have been set free to worship, to intercede, and to invite others to know God's love and holiness. And as Peter writes, we are to proclaim the excellencies of God who has called us out of darkness. How dark is the world? Look what's going on. And share in the light and offer spiritual sacrifices. And all of this is because God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus and also, as Paul says, because he has reconciled us, he has also given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what does it mean for us? As priesthood of all believers. What and who calls the shots? For the church? Is it culture? Is it society? Is it dictator Putin? Is it wars? Is it unsettling things? I don't think so. We've got a higher calling. And the higher calling is that if we have come to union with Christ, you and I are set free to worship him. You and I are set free to intercede, 
to bring these broken, dark worlds, to bring our work of place, to bring our society, to bring our communities, to bring countries to God's presence and say, Lord, have mercy, break through. But also, that intercession happens when we're going out and we bring hope. When we go out and we bring life. When we go out and we speak truth and we prophesy and we bring the good news of Jesus. And it doesn't have to be in the grandeur of things. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video. We were talking about it earlier on. That situations like the crisis in Ukraine really bring into the service what is really important. And what is important for that group of believers in Ukraine is their relationship with God when they're singing in that terminal or in that um, metro stop. And there's no lights, there's no microphones, there's no programs. It's just them and God in that rawness. Interceding, bringing, speaking, prophesying, as Iron reminded us earlier on, that even when we don't see it, we say we have hope. There is life. Interceding for this world that needs, needs God. Why? Because you and I have been anointed. Anointed with oil. Anointed with the Holy Spirit. This is the promise here. We have been set apart to be a holy priesthood. I think it's a great privilege, but I think it's also a great responsibility. And you and I need to keep one another to account for this. How are we being making sure that we are washed, that we are presentable to the presence of God who is full of love, but he's full of holiness. And how is that reflecting as we go out, as we speak and as we share and as we live out for him? And I think that the factor of being anointed is key because if we try and do it on our own strength, that is not taking us, taking with us the presence of Christ. We're just taking our good ideas. And we live in a world that is full of good ideas. Even Putin's idea for himself, he thinks he's got a good idea. Anointed with the Spirit, sprinkled with the sacrificial blood, purified, sanctified, anointed, justified, set free to declare God's goodness, God's greatness, God's love, and his holiness. And there were three things that happened to those priests. With a final sacrificial lamb, 
blood was taken and the lobes of the ears of the priests were painted, the two thumbs and the two big toes. Ears, hands, feet. We have been set free to worship. Our ears belong to God. He wants us to listen to his word. Our thumbs belong to God, along with the rest of our hands. And God wants us to serve him with all our strength. Even our big toes belong to God. Which is every time we think we put our socks on, for those of you who like socks. God wants us to walk with him as we make our way through this world. We have a high and a holy calling. We have been ordained as priests to serve the living God. Let's do that with faithfulness this week. God bless you.